Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Wow. Um, you may take your seats. Today looks like a rainy day. <laughs> so we are taking that into consideration. Are you excited about rain? What about sunshine? No complaints, isn't it? Whichever one the Lord gives us, we flow with it. What do you think? How many have got your umbrellas? Umbrella is to protect you from both the sun and the rain. Hallelujah. Those are the back there. Can you shout, lift your hand if you can hear me? All right. Glory to God. Now, those of you who are with us online, you are welcome. And those who are watching by television, Healing Jesus Television on, um, what is the name of the channel? Healing Jesus TV, IS20. We are, we are no longer on the multi-TV, I believe. So you have to switch your, um, your, your satellite to um, IS20, which is what? Degrees, how many degrees west or east? 68.5 degrees east. East is towards Nigeria. Is it not true? And west is towards Cote d'Ivoire. Those of you who are not good at geography, that's what I'm trying to explain. West Africa is west is left. And then east is to the right. Okay? So if you don't know, if you want to know which way is east, think of which way is it if you are driving to Nigeria or Togo or Benin, then that's east. And then if you are driving to Cote d'Ivoire or to Takoradi from Accra or East Legon and Legon, you get it? We have West Legon, Legon and East Legon. Yeah. So you see that East Legon is towards going to Togo. Tema. Tema is in the east. East Legon. All right. Do we have any other West or East something in Ghana? East. West Airport, East Airport. Western region. West Hills Mall, yes. It's towards the west. <laughs> All right? Beautiful. How many believe in blessings of the Lord? Amen. Now, whenever it comes to our finances, 
we, we must always be concerned about the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 28. It says, It shall come to pass that if thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe, to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Amen. Now, God is saying, and he says, and all these blessings will come on you. That is why I believe, sometime, one time somebody asked me, what do you think is the most important book that you've written? Well, to me, how to hear the voice of God. Is there a book like that? Out of Hearing. It's called Out of Hearing, yes. Why? Why is that important? Because if you are good at hearing, everybody say good at hearing. Yeah, if you are good at hearing, you will hear the voice of God speaking to you and then in Deuteronomy 28 you find out that if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God do you see that all these blessings will come on you okay now the blessing comes from hearing diligently like carefully listening now, when I compare myself with my wife, you see, when it comes to the matter of smelling things, many times I tell her, can you smell this? She says, I can't smell. So between the two of us, I am better at smelling things. You get it? I would say, can you smell this? No, I can't smell now, sometimes you say, my nose is not working well. Do you see? So, when it comes to smelling things, my nose is diligent. More diligent than her nose in, in the issue of smelling things. Do you see? And remember that we have a number of things. Hearing, seeing, smelling, Touching, tasting. You get what I'm saying? Now, in the matter of taste, I'm also quite good. Yes. I'm not that good at cooking, but not bad at tasting. You know, I can quite easily tell when there's something wrong with the food. Like, especially in the matter of salt. Even in the matter of plantain chips. You know, I can tell you which are good plantain chips and which are not. So those of you abroad who like plantain chips to be brought to you, if you see me, I'll tell you the best plantain chips. So God is saying here that when it comes to hearing, if you have that capability, hearing, you rarely be blessed. He says, if you hear the voice of the Lord, Okay, now, 
hearing the voice of the Lord is not as simple as that. You know, I don't know how many of you have ever felt jealous when a man of God said, God spoke to me. And then you were wondering, so when will God also speak to me? Last night I was in the presence of God and suddenly the spirit of God said to me. Yes, I heard it clearly. Yes. So then you you start to wonder. So me too, when will I also be hearing? Now I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to explain that amongst the different Christians, this is one ability that is very critical and key to your advancement in life, to hear and hear well. Because you see, everybody says that they are obeying God. You'll be surprised that many things which you, you attribute to the devil are being done by Christians. So actually, most fights are Christians and Christians. It's amazing. So everybody claiming to be hearing from God. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. You see, if you go through Ghana today, you hardly find people who don't claim to be Christians or have some affinity to Christianity, to a church, a pastor, something. It's quite, it's quite normal. Do you see? So the, the differences are where the Holy Spirit speaks and you are able to pick it up. Kenneth Hagin said that the difference, and I always remember that statement, the difference between men of God is their ability to hear the voice of God. If you can hear the voice of God. And if you go through your life, you find out that hearing from God is everything. If you just have God speaking to you and you learn how to distinguish between the many voices. Because the Bible says there are many, many voices and none of them is without significance. In other words, each voice has some importance and some significance. It's important to know that this voice can lead to your distraction, or this voice can lead to a great blessing in your life. So learning to hear from God calmly and surely will make a very big difference in everything that you are doing in this life. Why why do you think I'm here today? Because Some years ago, all right, I was at home praying, and there I read a scripture, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 15, and I saw that the Lord was saying, give thyself holy. The words seemed to jump out to me, okay? Give thyself holy. To these things. Meditate on these things. Then the, the next part. Give thyself wholly. To them. That thy profiting may appear to all. This was I think in 1991. Alright. 1990 or 1991. Now that morning. My wife had gone to work. When I was at home. Alone. Praying. 
And uh, I felt that it meant that I felt God was speaking to me. Do you see? No vision of Jesus. Just reading from my Bible, I felt the Holy Spirit was telling me that now I should give myself all out to what I, I mean to this, to the ministry. I was not a, I was not a full-time, in full-time ministry. I was uh, just between housemanship and what to do next. I was in that gap. Housemanship, that is, you know when you become a doctor, you have to do housemanship before you are signed off as a credible medical doctor. So I think I'd finished that and I was in between that and what to do next. Then I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, give thyself wholly to these things and your profiting will appear to all. Now, based on that, do you see? Are you there? And I'm saying that if you are good at hearing, if you are good at hearing, do you see? You, he says, you will, the Lord your God will elevate you above all the nations. That is your colleagues, because Israel was a nation, a new nation. Everybody has colleagues. Everybody has colleagues. Your colleague is somebody who is sort of at par with you, at least at a point. Schoolmates, friends, all of you who came into the ministry, fellow pastors, fellow friends, fellow church members, fellow, uh, what? Guineans. Ah, how could I forget fellow Guineans? <laughs> I think it's a long time since our president gave us a speech. That's how come I've even forgotten these fellow Guineans. I think we need a speech soon. It's been quite a while, yes. You know? So your, your colleagues in any area, the difference between you and them will be marked out by your ability to hear. So you need to hear well and then follow. Now, that will make the difference. So from that point, I tell you, I had a tipper track. Do you see? And I was doing business. I remember calling the driver and the guy who was with them. I said, come. Now, come and park. I showed him where to park the car. Finish with business. Finish with what? That was the last day of business. I don't know if it was that very day, but that week. That was the last day of business. I I was earning money. We were involved in the uh, um, rehabilitation of Temaport. We're supplying sand and stones. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I was a contractor. (laughs) (laughs) yeah are you there and then I I felt that God was saying I should immerse myself 100% in church work yeah and that's what I did from that time up till now and that thy profiting may appear to all. 
And I believe that that decision, based on what I felt I was hearing, you see, but you see, I could have been wrong. That's the, that's the whole point. You see, when you hear, you can be wrong. That's why the Bible says that you should prove all things. And many times we say, God has spoken to me, but he's wrong. If you have heard your own, your own self talking to you. Or your own desires. Or your own, own imagination. Or you read first and second imaginations instead of first and second Corinthians. You know, every time we claim that we've heard from God, we can be wrong. That is, what, that is what he's saying, that if you can hear. That's why there's a whole book about hearing the voice of God. Because there are people who read the Bible, and they, they feel God has not spoken to me because he has not appeared to me like how he appeared to some people. Jesus appeared. I mean, I'm still waiting to see Jesus in that way. I honestly sometimes feel that Jesus is with me, but in the way that Kenneth Hagin experienced, like somebody came into the room, pulled a chair, and sat by the bed. When you go to the Kriwem, you can see Kenneth Hagin there, you, you understand that in the museum there, beautiful. Hey! And sat with you talking for two hours. Recently, I met a, a brother. He told me I worked with Kenneth Hagin for five years. And he said that Kenneth Hagin told him that 95% of the things he was told in the visions, he was not allowed to talk about. Yeah. So the ones we've heard are just 5%. These are the stories we are talking about every day. And some of you, you don't even know how to keep secrets. That is why God hasn't given you such visions. Yeah, you come and say everything. And he appeared to me and he even took biscuit and ate. And he drank my milo before he went back to heaven. Hey. <laughs> so, I want us to pray for the ability. And if you have a, uh, 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 you know, when you, when you get married, you'll find out you'll be there soon. When you get married, you'll find out that one of you hears more better. Even in the night, somebody is always waking up. Some people sleep like they are dead. Do you, have, do you know anybody who sleeps like they are dead? Like you can't even wake them up. You know, there are people you can even beat them when they are sleeping. They'll, they'll just say, hmm, hmm, and then they continue. But there are others, the slightest noise, they just wake up. So it means that they are hearing better, even in their sleep. Or the sleep is not going to a point where they, 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 they are not hearing. Yeah. From today, your spiritual ears are becoming sharp. And you are hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you. Hallelujah. Amen. So, you need to grow in hearing God through your Bible quiet times. Because you know the testimony I've just shared, 
I tell you, if you respect quiet times in the morning when God is speaking, you, you, you start to grow in a way because you respect what you, re- you are reading and you start believing that God is speaking to me. Yeah. Now, another area is dreams and visions. You know, how many have had dreams that you wish it's not a message? Like, it, it should not be a message at all. There are some dreams that when you have them, you say, no, 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 no. This dream is not a good dream. It shouldn't happen. You get it? Now, there are many, many dreams which are, you know, useless. And I want to say something, that when you keep having dreams, and every time you see somebody in the dream, and then the dream happens and it's somebody else, then you should start getting used to the fact that when you have a dream, the person in the dream is not who the dream is about. Yes, it's about somebody, but not necessarily the person in the dream. Because each time you see somebody, it never happens to the person, but something like that else happens. So you should start getting used to your type of dreams. Some people have dreams that they meet people, they say things, Quite accurate. Some people, the dream is like there's an animal. Different strange dreams. I mean, uh, my dreams are also different. You know? But I've noticed that when I have a dream that I sense God is speaking to me, I immediately write it down. But you see, you have to be able to pick them. And how many know that if you have a dream, you wake up at three and you sleep again, you wake up at six, you can't remember the dream. Has it happened to you before? Uh-huh. They vanish. You wonder what's happening in the mind. So God is giving you the ability today to hear well and to hear carefully. You say you may be talking to a brother and the Holy Spirit will say, this is your husband. But you should be careful that your lusts are not working within you. Yes. Is it baby? And, and so that, that is where you should be worried. This is your wife. Hey. And the girl is so beautiful to you. And you are, you are so convinced that the Holy Spirit has told you that this is your wife. Why don't you question? The Bible says, prove all things. Prove all things. And check which one is really coming from God. So, this ability, you're going to need it today. You're going to need it tomorrow. You're going to need it all through your life. Sharp ears to hear the Holy Spirit. Because if you don't hear the Holy Spirit, you are going to follow the devil. Now, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The devil is your shepherd and is leading you. You shall want. It's an instantaneous result of following the devil's voice. You shall want. You'll be in need, in difficulty. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me by green pastures, by still waters. 
So let the Holy Spirit's voice be the most important voice for your life. And you must learn to hear the Holy Spirit when somebody is speaking and you can sense, yes, the Holy Spirit is speaking. Now, you remember when the disciples said, Peter, J, uh, Peter said to Jesus, no, 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 no. You will not die on any cross. Not once we are security guards here. Huh? What? Your boys are here. What did Jesus say to Peter? Satan. Get it behind me. Because he detected that Satan was using Peter. So Satan can use even a disciple. So you see, when you hear something that sounds good, because it sounds good not to die on a cross. How many of you agree with me that it sounds really good to escape something as terrible as a cross? But it wasn't God. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm saying that this thing about hearing the Holy Spirit's voice, it's not as simple as it sounds. But if you are interested, you will grow in your service to God and grow in your ability to um, hear from the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? Look with me into Titus. Beautiful. Now, amen. Now, the Bible is saying, teach the younger women, amen. Are you there? Teach the younger women, all right, that the aged women, in Titus chapter 2, verse 2, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith. And in verse 5, it says, to be discreet, all right, or even, yes, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God will not be blasphemed. The same word in Titus 1 and verse 8, a lover of hospitality in Titus 1, 8, all right, temp, sober, all right, are you there? Just, holy, hallelujah. God is saying that all these qualities. Now, the word sober is very important when it comes to listening to the Holy Spirit. It's the same word in the Greek when it says discreet, sober. Are you listening? I'm sharing with you something important about being, following the Spirit. It's, it's the word sophron. Okay, and it says, it's, it's a word, it says safe. Safe. So, pastors are to be safe. And then aged women, aged men to be safe. And younger women, safe. But look at what it says, safe, sound in mind. 
that is self-controlled and moderate as to opinion or passion. Moderate as to your opinion and your passion. You see, when you come up with something that you say God has said, do this. It says we should still be sober, discreet, you see, moderate as to opinion and or passion. Do you see? That's of a sound mind, sane in one's senses. Another version, another explanation says, curbing one's desires and impulses, self-controlled, temperate. Look, one day I had a friend, we were, I don't know how old, we, we must have been in a, we must have been like um, teenagers. And one day he said, God has spoken to him. I said, wow, God, we are interested in God speaking. And he said, God has spoken to him that he should pray in the name of oral. Like, instead of in the name of Jesus, he should say in the name of oral. I said, what is oral? He said, oral has to do with speaking. Do you see? So it has to do with the word. And Jesus is the word. So he is now praying in the name of oral. In oral's name. Now, you see, that is where these words come in. The word I'm sharing. You see, sober, a lover of hospitality. He said, a bishop must be blameless, not self-will, and many other things, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, and sober or sophron. At another place, he says, discreet. But the meaning of these words is what is important to us today. Amen. And that's why he's saying self-control, moderate. You know, moderate as to your opinion and your passion. If you don't take care, it can destroy. Now, this fellow, right, who was one of my best friends, you know, he ended up on the... Uh, I, I told him, the Bible says we should pray in the name of Jesus. What you're saying in the name of oral, oral has to do with oral, speaking, speaking has to do with word, so and Jesus is the word, and so, I mean, it's too much. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. And in the end, he went, and he would not listen to anybody. He would not listen to anybody. And in the end, he ended up completely mad. Yes. The last time I heard of him, he was in a mental hospital. In the name of Oral. So, I'm trying to explain to you that, yes, it is, God will be speaking to us. But I'm telling you, in your maturity, here is the Bible, here is the word of God, here is what other people think. Paul said, you know, when I, when I was saved, I came to Jerusalem to see what the others who were saved before me were saying, and whether I was running or had run in vain. In, in other words, he was, he was ready to check whether he was making a mistake. Because it's possible that you can make a mistake. So he said, I came to see whether I was running or had run in vain. I'm sure they're going to bring up the scripture. And he came all the way from Damascus, wherever he was, to come and see. Amazing. 
So brothers and sisters, if Apostle Paul, who wrote half of the New Testament, is checking. You see, I went by revelation and communicated to them that, that gospel which I preach. I'm telling them what I'm preaching among the Gentiles. But privately to them which were of reputation. Like I went to see other ministers who have reputation lest by any means I should run or I had run in vain like I, I was making a big mistake now can you change the version please yeah I'm trying to tell you to follow the spirit yeah it was, it was because of a revelation that I went up a revelation like God has spoken to me Okay, that I went up and I did what? I submitted to them the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. But I did so in private to those who were of reputation. So you see, that balances you. You cannot come up with something that is those of reputation. All those of reputation disagree with. So you say in the name of oral. Uh, yes, and I did so in private for fear. I, I know that as for hearing the voice of God, it's quite a dangerous thing. For fear that I might be running or had run in vain. Beautiful, verse 3. The next verse. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Nobody was asked to be circumcised. And verse 4. The next one. And that because of false brethren, are we continuing the same? Yeah. Was brought in privately to spy out our liberty and it goes on. But the whole point they're trying to make here is that God is telling us that we should be sober in our guidance from this. Now, if God says, oh, God has told me to give my house to the church. Do you see? You know, you have to be careful and be sober. Lest after you've given your house to the church, you come up with a lawsuit to sue the church and say that the church has coerced you to give his house to you when you were not thinking clearly and you came under pressure and you have given your house to the church. So you are suing the church to get your house back. I I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't do that because I, I know a pastor, you know, who went to prison because he, 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 somebody gave a donation and later was claiming the donation was something else. You know? So that's why you say you want to give your house. So go and check with your husband whether your husband agrees with this gift that you want to give. Or even maybe take time and think about it. Maybe by December, you still see whether you want to give up. Because a house is a house. By December, it will even be more expensive, more valuable. Don't worry. So in every decision that you feel the Holy Spirit is leading you, you get it? So by says, controlled in your opinion and controlled in your passion. Are you excited by this amazing word? Yes. So, when we sit in church, you know, God has given us to pay tithe. Tithe is not unreasonable. You know, that's why the the number 10 is an important number in the Bible. Numbers are used for different things. 
For instance, 10 commandments. It means you don't need more than 10 commandments. 11, not really. I mean, with 10, basically you understand the whole mind of God. Tithe. When you pay your tithes, you've done well. I mean, if you just pay tithes, do you see, you would have done a great contribution to God's house and to God's work. It's good. It's good. It's a blessing. Are you with me? Yeah. It's reasonable. And it's controlled. I'm trying to explain to you that God does speak to us. If you have been called by God to go into the ministry, you, it's, it's not that you, 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 you even have to check with others of reputation to see if you are running in vain or what you are doing is, is, is madness. And so when you do that, then you don't bring into disrepute things where we say, oh, God spoke to me. Oh, yes. God spoke to me. God spoke to me. And I believe from today, we are going to have a lot of God spoke to me. And a lot of blessing from God spoke to me. Amen. And told me what I should do. So you will, if you watch me, you will notice I don't often use those terms. If, if, you, want, if you listen to me, and sometimes I, I think that it is... Um, um, disadvantageous sometimes for the people who are hearing because when the Holy Spirit is speaking, I don't usually say, God said. Or that says the Lord. But it's up to you to find out. Yeah. There are times I'm, I know that God has spoken, but sometimes I ask people, I, I sometimes say the most serious things by asking a question. So what do you think? You know, one day I was with some people counseling and then there was, a, there was a, one of our Mothers was there, and she, she told the, the, the brother, she said, look, the question that he's asking you, what do you think about? That's the prophecy. That's how he talks. That's how he talks when he's prophesying. He will ask you a question. So, do you think this or that? So, she just pointed out, look, that is what he's saying. Don't misunderstand his question. Yeah. Because I've learned from the mistakes of saying God told me, God said, God said, to be careful and moderate in your opinions and passions. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Yes. Is it fantastic? Yeah. So, one of the areas, you see, that God will speak to you about is money. If he doesn't speak to you about money, you get it, then <laughs> you haven't yet started working with God. Yeah. If God speaks to you, one of the areas he will speak to you about finances. Even today, he will speak to you about finances. And I believe he's speaking to you right now. He will tell you things to do. You know, one day I was with um, a brother. He he called me, and he went somewhere with me. We spent the whole day together. Then he asked me a question. He said, if you were me, what would you do? I was taken aback by the question. 
Because I knew exactly what I would do. If you were me and you were here in this country, what would you do? I, I knew the answer immediately. But to tell him, what I would do. Because you need to be careful uh, whether somebody can hear the voice of God. Yes. One day, and I hear it often. Because you know, in this church, it's about ministry. It's about working for God. Yes. One day I was driving with a brother in a, in a foreign country and he was the top uh, direct, executive director of a, a big company. In fact, he was so prosperous that he took me, my wife, and our children. He bought tickets and flew us to a destination to holiday us. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I have pictures to show you. If you like, you can see me after. Yes. So, you know, one day, one of the days, we were driving along, and then he came up with a bombshell. He said, you know, there's something that I want to tell you. I said, what is it? He said, I want to work for God. I said, what, what do you mean by what? He said, I want to leave all this. Yes. That is, I'm talking about the person who has flown me like, I didn't, I never bought anything. He bought the tickets and took me and my family to holiday us in a hotel at a place where you, you fly to. <laughs> of course, it's not just nearby. <laughs> now, this person who is doing that is now telling me that he wants to work for me in the ministry. Hey! <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? So he has to take his time. His, 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 his passions and his opinions must be moderate and controlled. Yes. Lest one day you come and say something about it. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I would like him to come and say he wants the ticket that he used to, to buy. He wants a refund for the holiday that he took us. <laughs> but you know, the, the passion was deep. And it continued. Within a couple of years, he was in full-time ministry. Oh, yes. He left everything. And before he came, I warned him, I told him that your tithe will be your salary. Your what? That the tithe that he has then will become your salary. Even that, I don't know whether to get to, to that level. <laughs> he was determined. He's one of the happiest people in full-time ministry today. Hallelujah. Are you excited about that? Moderate and controlled. Let God speak to you all the time. Yes. Don't get up and come and say, the Holy Spirit has spoken to me. Ah, what is it? He has shown me that I married in the night. 
What do you mean by you mind the light? I didn't see her face well. So it's as of mine that I've seen her face clearly and I realized that it was a mistake. No. Take your time. Be sober. Everybody say sophron. Finally, First Chronicles chapter 22. Are you enjoying this time of offering? Yeah. Sometimes we call it offering, but it looks like it's a kind of first service. <laughs> first Chronicles chapter 22. Now, verse 9. Behold, a son shall be born to thee. I prophesy that you are the son that will be born in the house of God. Who shall be a man of rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies round about. For his name shall be Solo. Solomon. And I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. How many realize the importance of peace and quietness? So that you can concentrate on building the house of God. Verse 10. I'm prophesying about you now. He shall build a house for my name. I see you building a house for God's name. Do you want to be one of the people building a house for God's name? You'll be one of the people building a house for God's name. You'll be one of those building cathedrals, building little churches, building basentes, wasentes, quasentes, and all centers. And I will be his father. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Verse 11 is your memory verse. Ramasata bakalada. Now, my son, the Lord be with thee. And prosper thou and build the house of the Lord thy God as he has said of thee. My son, prosper thou. Prosper thou. Prosper thou and build the house of the Lord thy God. Look, this verse gives you a reason to do business. It gives you a reason to work. It gives you a reason to prosper and to flourish. Apart from a reason which doesn't even make sense. You see, if you have all the houses in the world and all the money in the world, what will you do with it? Yes. What will you do with it? You can't eat if you have, if you own the whole of Daku Farms chicken. You do what with it? Will you eat it all? Let's say I give you the whole of KFC, all the seven branches in Accra. I don't know how many, but they are yours. No one can go there except you. You are the owner. <laughs> Do you understand? I'm saying that you've possessed all the chicken in the KFCs. Nobody should go there except you go there. Uh, and so what? Maybe one day we'll have KFC up here. What do you think? Yeah. God is giving you a good reason to prosper. Prosper thou and build the house of God. Prosper thou and build the house of God. Let this be, you see, I'm showing you the reason for the work. When you keep piling up and piling up and piling up, how does it help? Yes. 
How does it help? Prosper thou and build. When all is said and done, eh, on many of our churches all over the world, many individuals in our churches across the globe, their names will be on the buildings, financed by this man, built by this person, pastored by this person, shepherded by this person, and the blessing of the Lord will be on your life. Prosper thou and build the house of God. That's all. That's why you are here. That's why God is blessing you. And that's why God will bless you so that you will help to build the house of God. Prosper thou and build the house of God. Let this be in you. I'm telling you. Take it from me. I've seen many things. Yeah. There's one reason why you are here. Is to prosper and build the household. My son, prosper. <laughs> prosper. May your, that's why I pray for your business and your work. The reason why you went to America, the reason why you are in England, the reason why you are in Switzerland, in any part of the world. Prosper thou over there and build the house of God according to what God has given to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, no, let's all stand for a moment. Jesus, I thank you. Everyone in your room, in your house, everyone watching, standing, lift your hand and receive this blessing from God. May you prosper and build God's house throughout your life. Whatever has not worked, whatever has formed something like a, a blockage, a blockage, I command blockages, blockages in the tunnels, blockages in the outlets, blockages in the doors to remove and be removed for lord your children have seen why they are prospering and why they should prosper therefore receive his blessing on your life prosper thou ah let there be a release of whatever has been held back whatever has been stopped and prevented from rolling out let it roll out now let your life come into a good place Come to a better place and see the greatness of God's hand over your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray and I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you sit down, before you sit down, I was saying something. I don't think I, I finished saying it. God will always speak to you about money. Many years ago, the Lord told me, go and honor Archbishop. At that time, he was not an Archbishop. He was just Pastor Nick. He told me, go and honor him. I was a student. I think the offering I gave was about 10 CDs. That was what I had. But I went, he had a big desk. Very big desk. I think his desk is still big. He always liked this big desk. But as I sat behind that, I felt so small. And my offering was so small. But God told me, go and honor him. That if you don't honor him, something that is supposed to come on you will never come. Because what you attack cannot come to you. Yes. What you attack cannot come to you. When you attack, if you attack your cat. You know, today I had my cat was playing with me. It was always coming. I, you know, I, I wanted to kick it, but I said, no. I may need him one day to catch a mouse for me. And if I, if I kick him, how will he come to help me? God will always speak to you to honor 
One is the Holy Spirit of honor Kenneth Hagen. Yes. I've always tried to follow what the Spirit tells me. If you think God will not speak to you about money, your ears are blocked. You, you need what? Hearing assistance. In Jesus' name. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Yes. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Amen.
Hallelujah. There's no one I love like you, Jesus. When I think of all the lectures and the speeches that I've listened to, they are so empty. People speak with so much strong opinion. They sound so wise and confident, but their words have no life. There's no one like you, Jesus. Your words are full of life and power. They lead me on. They guide me on. And they show me what I have to do. Are you blessed by that powerful song? There is no one like you, Jesus. Amen. Are you excited to be in church today? First Love Church, I can't hear you. Are you excited to be in the house of God today? How exciting it is to be in church every Sunday and to hear what God has to say for, to us and for us. And I believe today we've already been blessed so much by what Prophet has shared with us. But once again, God has something to say to us before we go home. And it's time for the word of God. I can't hear you. I said it's time for the word of God. Paul said, take heed to the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. And for every church, the Holy Spirit chooses and makes the overseer. And in this church, we are blessed to have our overseer and our good shepherd in the man, Bishop Dag Heward Mills. Can I have a, a loud clap and a shout of praise? And, and I believe, I believe that God is going to speak to us. God is going to change your life. You know, I love what Prophet said today. This church is about ministry. And I, I believe the Bible says, as you have received mercy, you have received a ministry. And I believe that when we receive God's mercy, we also received a ministry. And today, Prophet is going to tell us how we can do more for God. How we can serve God better. How we can go further. How we, we can attempt and accomplish great things for God. Do you believe that nothing is impossible when we put our trust in God? First Love Church, I can't hear you. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Lift your hands and sing. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Come on, declare nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you trust in His word. Put your hand behind your ear. Say, hearken to the voice of God. Is there anything? Is there anything? For the word of God, lift your hands and sing one more time. Nothing is impossible. It's impossible when you put your trust in God. Say nothing is impossible. It's impossible when you trust in His word. I'll say, hearken to the voice of God.
Hallelujah. What a blessing to be in church again. Amen. Father, thank you for the blessing of today and for gathering us to your word, to your Holy Spirit, to your presence. Speak to our hearts, we pray, and guide us into all truth, all that you have destined for us. We are grateful for your blessing and your help. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now, last week, I was sharing about going deeper and doing more. And I told you that that was the last session on that. So today, I'm moving on to a very important subject. And my subject is 1,000 micro churches. 1,000 micro churches. All right? 1,000 micro churches. All right? Now, I preached on all these things in the past, but I remember, yeah, we are going deeper, and I remember um, that uh, these things are very important. Uh, I remember... uh, reading uh, something by Rick Joyner. He said in a vision, he met with John Wesley. And um, John Wesley told him something. He said, John Wesley said, I was given some truths. And in the vision, he was given a horse. And uh, what else was he given? A horse and a torch. Yes. And then he said something to the effect that I taught what was given to me in such a way as to create a movement. And that movement has continued to move on. So up till today, it's working. So that is why you hear all the camps that are held in the UD, the UO, in any of the denominations have the same titles and themes that have been given to us, including a theme like going deeper and doing more. Because if you didn't even remember anything, at least you remember going deeper and doing more. I mean, at least remember that after all the weeks that I've been preaching, you don't remember anything. There's something about deeper and something about more. What do you think? Uh, something deeper and something more. And we are teaching what we are teaching in such a way as to create a movement which will carry on till Jesus returns. Amen? So, 1,000 micro churches is one of such important teachings. 1,000 micro churches. Now, the vision to have 1,000 churches, do you see, 
is a vision that I'm trying to give to you personally. Do you see? That through you, we can generate a thousand churches. I'm trying to help you to understand the word of God. Now, I don't mean one church. I mean a thousand micro churches. A church which is less than 100 is in micro church zone. From 100 and onwards is mega. Okay? So below 100 is um, micro. Okay? And going above 100 is going towards the mega. Now, through the church, many, many people don't respect how great and important it is for the church to exist. Do you see? But the church is so such a great organism that God creates and builds. And you must be careful with the church because nobody, amen, are you listening? Please pay attention. I see every single person like I'm watching only you on TV. So when you, when you are talking and moving and all, I, I know on your phone, I see from here. Even somebody far over there, I can see what they are doing. So please. Now, a thousand micro churches. Number one, why you must have 1,000 micro churches. You see, if all of us here become a church, that's a thousand churches. Yes. Everybody here becomes a micro church. It becomes a mega church. Amen. Now, in Acts chapter 4, number one, the first reason is that you must build a thousand micro churches because it is your way to build the mega church. Amen. In Acts chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says, How be it, many of them which heard the word and believed. The number of the men was about 5,000. 5,000. All right? Now, you see, God's word, 5,000 people in those days, look at the population. They had 5,000 people in the church. Now, there are very few churches with 5,000 seats. They may mention numbers. And if you care to count, you'll find that few churches have 5,000 members sitting there on a Sunday. It's a rare thing. It's far more rare than you would want to imagine. It's not common. In all my travels across the world, I found that to have 5,000 souls in one place to preach to is a very, very unusual thing. And I've preached in many churches. I've preached in many churches. Yes. And many famous churches too, by the grace of God. Including the most famous of all, Yongicho's church. Yes. So it's not common to build a church with 5,000 to even match up with what was in the New Testament. But one of the ways 
that we can attain to the Bible standards of 5,000 souls or the mega church is to have a thousand micro churches. Yes. One, 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 all over the place. Do you see? Now, if you look at the redeemed church of God, those of you who have a television, Christian television, if you watch Dove television. By the way, the songs we were singing, those, that's Tommy Walker, very famous. He's one of our, my favorite uh, um, worship leaders. That's Tommy Walker's beautiful songs. Okay, What are the other songs that he, ha- he has? I don't know how to sing it, so sing it. Never going to stop. Holy Spirit, come. I fix my eyes on you. All those songs. We are all Tommy Walkers. All right? Okay. Now, the way you can have a mega church is to have 1,000 micro churches. And so, 1,000 micro churches is going to involve all of us. Because there's going to be a church everywhere. Once you exist, a church will form around you. What do you think? And once you are not doing it for money, it's far easier. If you are looking for money and you are looking for a salary or something like that, then you come into difficulty. But if you are looking to get involved in building the church, then you will suddenly say, yes, thousand micro churches, me involved, yes. Why not? Because the lay system, the lay ministry, is still the mainstay of this church and of every church that is large. It's lay people working. And our church has a policy of having mostly lay people. We even send laymen, like people that are not paid by the church. We even send such people on missions. We even send people who are students on missions. I can mention so many people who are students in different countries on missions. All right? And lay people to even find jobs in places. And they're on missions. Recently, we had a couple of missionaries leaving for Bangladesh just a few weeks ago. They are in Dhaka. And they are there. You know, they are, they are working as teachers in, in Bangladesh. Do you see? And with a congregation. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So they are, they are laymen. They are not collecting salary or any other payments. <laughs> are you listening to me? <laughs> so the way that we can attain to 5,000 members, which is a mega church, is for everybody who is here to be involved in building 1,000 micro churches. How many realize that you are suddenly employed by the Lord? Eh? Beautiful. That is amazing. Number two. The second reason why you must be involved in 1,000 micro churches is because it is your way about of being about your father's business. He said, I must be about my father's 
business. Luke 2 and verse 49. I must be about my father's business. Now, you see, you can have a father, but you are not involved in your father's business. Yeah. I mean, your father could build a hospital and you would never work in the hospital or be involved in your father's hospital. You get what I'm saying? Your father could be a lawyer, but you'd never work in your father's chambers of law firm. Are you with me? Yeah. Your father could be running a spare parts shop at wherever. Abosokai or Kokompe. But even though you grow up and mature, you never get involved in your father's business. Yeah. That's, that's how life is. Life is such that you can live, grow up, and die without ever getting involved in your personal father's business. Yeah. My father had a hotel. He actually had the biggest and the best private hotel in Accra at a point. In fact, he was the president of the Ghana Private Hoteliers Association at a point. Yes. So he was running a hotel. Now, one day he got sick. He got into the end of his life. And then I got involved in my father's business. Just for a short while, till he got well. When he got well, then I lost my job. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I was, I, I was, I was a doctor. And um, I was going into ministry. So I wasn't, I wasn't into hotel business. I, I have, I have, I've managed a hotel before because I, I did some of my father's business for a short while. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that you can work and live and never join in your father's business. Yeah. Now, when you stand in heaven one day and your father and heavenly father is looking at you, I said, what business, what work did you do on earth? Do you see? And it's like, oh, spare parts. I was a spare parts dealer. Oh, I was a curtain seller. I was an iron rod dealer. I was an importer, exporter. Here's my, here's my complimentary card. I was a politician. I was a tailor. I was everything. So the father will ask you, so do you know my business, my work that I was doing on earth? He said, oh yes, I know. So you never thought it was anything good. When I see my son Joshua being involved in my, my business, it touches my heart. Yes, it touches my heart. Yes. Because my son is involved in his father's business. He never needed to be here. He's a lawyer. Even the places he worked in the, the financial whatever of the UK, they call him still. 
inviting, come for the job you were doing. You have Dubai, this, that. But he always tells them, I'm, I'm doing my father's business. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm working with my father, my father's business that he's doing. And every father would be happy that his child is doing something in his business. You get what I'm saying? Unless there's some, something else going on. <laughs> yeah. Are you there or you are leaving? I must be about my father's business. Should it be that you will live through this life and never even touch your father's work? Your father's interests on this earth? Eh? You know, sometimes parents make a lot of investments. You know, sometimes your, fa- your, your father can die and because you never showed any interest in what he was doing, some strangers will possess his things which were to come to you. Because maybe he wanted to show you, you know, when my father died, I mean, I, because I, had, I knew certain things, I, I, I could go straight to, his best, to things that he, he was in, into. But if I had known, I would have no idea. And people's parents die and you have no idea. And strangers take over things and loot the place. Oh yeah. Before you realize checkbooks have disappeared. I mean properties, lands, houses. You go and say, oh, pardon? They say, pardon? And it vanishes. Entire houses vanish. And sometimes the reason is your father's house in Konongo. You never went there. Never saw it or showed interest. Oh, my father has a house at Konongo. My father has a house somewhere. But you have no idea what it is like. Yes. So sometimes we, we make great losses because we are not so interested in what our parents do. Yes. And I'm telling you this from uh, things that I've seen even in church. So being about your father's business and showing interest is very important. And you, 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 you may not have a father to tell you, but I'm telling you today that um, being interested in what your father does, do you see, is uh, a great uh, blessing. And uh, even your relative, you know, when I look at my wife's family, there's hardly any member of her family that is not in the church somewhere. Once they recognize that this is our sister's um, family church, do you see, all of them became part of the church. Yeah, because you see, your sister is supposed to inherit all your things. So don't forget. <laughs> anyway, that's just a joke. But I'm saying that. That you don't even care. 
about your father's business and businesses. Do you know what our heavenly father's businesses here are? All the churches in Ghana and Accra are the father's business. Yes. And that is why all churches are of great importance to God. Not only your church. is the father's work on this earth. Are you excited about that? Number three. You must build a thousand churches because it is the way to defeat Satan at the gates of hell. In Matthew 16 and verse 18, Jesus said, I also say to thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, all right, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Now, the gates of hell are the gates of hell. And the gates of your house are the gates of your house. Where do you want to play the match? In front of your gate or in front of Satan's gate? Huh? Which goalpost do you want us to be playing? In front of your house or at his house? Now, the gates of hell are mentioned only once in the Bible. And it's mentioned in association with building the church. Once you start building the church, you've moved the match to the enemy's gate. Yeah. You've moved everything to in front of his house. Yeah. And I tell you, he's not comfortable at all. Do you think Satan is comfortable that uh, we are building a cathedral in Drobo? Or in Doma Hinkro? Or in Kenyase? Or in where? Shidiam? And where? Yendi. Yeji. And Mim. And Gosu. And Tepa. My dear, I need the names. And what again? Dawadawa number two. Last time I saw a picture of Dawadawa. Satan doesn't want you to build. So, once you start building churches and planting a thousand micro churches, look, I tell you, you've moved the match away from your house to the gates of hell. Yeah. And somebody may say, oh, but I don't want to disturb the gates of hell. You know, because I think it will, it will cause Satan to attack me. I, I, I don't want that. Let me tell you, he's attacking you whether you want him to attack you or not. It's a matter of where they are playing the match. We are playing the match in front of Satan's mouth. The only time that I've really enjoyed black stars is when that player, Adia. Do you know Adia? I don't know him, but I just remember that he was a golden boot. He's the one who headed the ball into the net and this Suarez caught it. During the World Cup. The way he plays, you see, it frightens everybody because it's around a dangerous place. Yes, it's always at the enemy's gate. So, it was very nice to watch because you feel feel happy all the time. Yes. But when the ball comes to our side, then you start wondering. It's terrible. 
and the tension mounts. One day I was watching a World Cup, and I think I was either watching on DSTV and my neighbor was watching on Ghana television, or he was watching on DSTV and I was watching on Ghana TV. So his own was ahead of mine. So I hear goal over in the house, and I'm watching. No goal has happened. <laughs> the tension was even more. So what is happening? <laughs> yeah. It was about, about 30 seconds delay. But it was, it was, it was terrible. But I knew that when I hear the shouting of goal, it must be us. When it was silent, then it means that it, it will be... Because when we are scored, there's no sound. <laughs> Satan has been attacking you, flooring you, destroying your family, destroying your house, destroying your everything, and you're always solving one thing or another. You understand? And now God is showing you the master key we are moving the battle. So, okay, no problem. As for fight, we will fight. But where we will fight it, we will fight it at your end. How many would like a fight to be at the enemy's end? Yes. So, building of churches is always at the enemy's end. And all over the world, as I've traveled, I've noticed very few churches are being actually built. Yeah. This is, this is one of the amazing things. You rarely see a church under construction. All over the world. I remember one time I was in the Caribbean driving through a certain island. It wasn't so big as I was. All the churches were like from another era. Like, like a current project that a new pastor has come and building something new. No. Which I didn't see it. And in America, many churches are for sale. In England, churches for sale. Everywhere, churches for sale. So when we rise up and we say, a thousand micro churches, as for problems in this life, we have them, no problem. But we are moving the location. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And we are moving the pressure to the enemy. And we are taking the initiative. Do you know what the initiative is? The initiative in war is when you start the war. And you are in control of the war. Do you remember Black Hawk Down? Black Hawk Down. It's a film and it's also a true something that happened. When America went to Somalia, I don't know, somewhere there. And uh, they went into Somalia and they went out there. And then something happened. But in the middle of the film... The commander, general, no, they attacked them. And the commander said to his assistant, we just lost the initiative. That means that although we, were, we started out in control, we just lost the control of this battle. And it's like we are now defending things. When you build churches, you have the initiative. Because you are doing something harmful to Satan and to his company. And you have the initiative. And the one who has the initiative is usually the one who wins. Yes. So, God is leading you to have the initiative and to move the battle from your house 
Instead of always praying about your financial issues, about your family issues, about your divorce issues, about your marriage issues, you have moved the thing to taking territory of the enemy in front of Satan's nose. Yes. And I see you doing that. Amen. Number four. You must build a thousand micro churches because it is your way of following Jesus Christ. Amen. Why do I say that? Because first John chapter three and verse eight says, for this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. You see, Jesus came to the world to destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. So if you say you are a Christian, You must be out to destroy the works of the devil. That's all. A whole life must be destroying the works of the devil. And it is only through churches that you destroy the works of the devil. How many realize that Satan was spoiling your life? Like, look at how young you are. And you were already getting spoiled. Can you imagine how you will be spoiled by the age of 40? Completely spoiled. How many realize that many bad vices and traits were developing in you? Raise your hand. At the back there. Oh, upstairs people. Are you part of us? Yeah. Many bad characters. Some of you are are learning how to be playboys. Playboys. Some of you are learning how to be traitors. Some of you are learning how to Swerve people. How to dribble, to lie, to cheat, to steal. So many bad traits. You are learning it in school. Till Christ found you. So it is the presence of the church that causes the works of the devil that are manifested in the lives of people. To be destroyed. Satan existed before we came. And somehow. God also chose this earth. To put man here. You know. When you go to mass. And they hear the sounds of wind. And they see the dust. And it's just empty. Barren. That's how this earth was. The earth was without form and void. And God said. Let there be light. And he brought about a creation and separated land from water, water on earth, on the land, from the waters in the sky. That's the waters in the sky that were passing by. They've just gone by. So there's not going to be rain now. There's some water over there. But it's gone the other way. And God said, let the the fields bring forth trees and green grass. Let there be animals. Let the seas be filled with creatures. Hey. And, he, then, and he took the sand and he made a man to look like him in his image. And he said, I call this one man. Then he made a woman out of the man. Wow. And he, said, and he blessed them and said, be, be fruitful, multiply. Things were amazing. Our brains were working at a high level. 
we could speak to animals, they understand. I said, snake, come to the left. Today, when you speak to your dog, sit, it will be looking at you. Whoa, 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 whoa. When you say a cat, you say, stop it. It doesn't understand anything. We were super intelligent. And Satan came into the garden. You get it? And he came to interact with human beings. And destroyed our very nature. That is why human beings are so filled with evil. You can't even explain the wickedness and the hatred that are in just human beings. Even when we are Christians, because many things are done by Christians, you can't even believe the level of wickedness and hatred. There's no place, no country without wars in its history. You know, one day I, was, I, was, I saw a channel, history channel. You know, I didn't do history in school, so when I see such things, you know, I want to catch up with my wife because she did history. But when I started watching the history, I realized that it was all wars. So I didn't understand. But one day I realized, oh, the history of man is wars. The past history of human beings is just fighting. If you leave us, we will start fighting. It's a horrible nature. There's nobody's family here who doesn't fight amongst yourselves. If you are here and you have a family that fight amongst yourselves, raise your right hand. Everybody has raised their hand. Now, Satan has destroyed our good nature. God made us in his image. And it is only through the church that the message of the gospel and the goodness of the Holy Spirit and the beautiful word of God by which we are transformed, by the renewing of our minds, comes to people. So when you have a thousand of these micro churches, which are ministering the word of God, which transforms people, and which are ministering the Holy Spirit, which gives power to change, and which are ministering the love of God, which overcomes the hatefulness and wickedness in our lives, then you have a thousand more opportunities for God's power to come into our lives. And that is why you are going to be involved in building 1,000 micro churches. And I'll show you. When God told Adam, replenish the earth. Adam looked at God and said, are you serious? Me. He said, you fill the earth with... with uh, with people, your children. He looked at Eve and said, ha! Do you know what it means? Hmm. Amen. It is time to follow Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says he came into this world to destroy the works of the devil. And the way the works of the devil are destroyed in these mountains. It's not just by prayer. But it's by building a thousand churches. All over the mountains and all over the city. Everywhere the church of God. Preaching the word of God. Even with the church. You see the church is filled with thieves. Liars. Wicked people. Deceivers. Fornicators. All kinds of characters are in the church. Even in the church. 
So a thousand micro churches is God's way of defeating Satan. Jesus came into this world to destroy the works of the devil. And that's why when Jesus was going, he said, I will build my church. I'll build my church. That's the only project Jesus is doing, is building his church. If you have another project, tell me. Number five, you must build a thousand micro churches because it is the reason for prosperity in the church. It's the reason for prosperity. First Chronicles 22 and verse 10. I gave it to you earlier. And 11. It says, he shall build a house for my name. He shall be my son. Are you watching? I will be his father. I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, the Lord be with thee. Prosper thou. And build the house of the Lord thy God. As he hath said of thee. Prosper and build the house of God. I can tell every one of my church members. Prosper and build the house of God. Prosper and build the house of God. I'm giving you a reason for. Because you see at a point you have got something to eat. Somewhere to stay. Some for this. Some, everything is finished. Prosper thou. And build the house of the Lord. What is the use of anything else? Prospering. Do you know, have you heard this word before? Investment banking. Have you heard it before? Yeah. You know, I think if I'm right, the bankers should correct me. But I think it's not a normal bank. Is that so? Yeah, it's just, it's a bank for people who have a lot of money and they don't know what exactly to do with the money. They go for investment banking. Am I right? It's different from retail banking or consumer banking. Yes. Now, that word investment bank, there are banks that unless you have some amount of money, you can't even open an account there. You see them there. And you ask yourself, what do they do? There are many people who have passed the stage of paying school fees, building houses, doing it. There's, there's nothing else to do. So then they go to the investment bank. That's why you have all these bonds and all these things. Because like, what, else, what else should I do? God, money doesn't make sense at a point. And that's why people become depressed. What shall I do with what I have? You may not understand it, but if the Lord blesses you to a point, you will start to see. And very soon you'll be seeing that, hey, that, that investment banking, they were mentioning something, something investment banking. I'm not, you, are you not an investment banker? Ah, is he not? He's an investment banker. Yeah. Investment banker. I know him. Hmm. But now God is showing you. Today, you know, when I was coming, I I was talking to somebody on a video call to one of our churches in central central part of Africa. You know, the central part of Africa. I was discussing something about that. And he was telling me about some things that are needed in the church because he just went there. You know, then I, I, I saw behind in the church, you know, there are no tiles in the church. It's like, it's, it's a church that is roofed, but it's like there's no, I mean, it's, it's so far from being completed. You know, we have so many churches which are in need of a builder. You get it? Like money to 
continue building or finish building. Yeah. There is something to do with our prosperity. And God is going to use you. Yes. In Nigeria, we are spreading heavy investments in Nigeria, in Ibadan, in Abiokuta, Calabar, Enugu. I'm talking about heavy investments to build a church. And Benin City. Yes, where Idahosa was. And this morning I was having some discussions on a town called Yola in Adamawa State and Lokoja. Lokoja. That is where the Benue River and the Niger River meet. And that's where they have their dam. Actually, I didn't know. I found out this morning. Kenji Dam. Yeah. You see, we are, we are trying to uh, invest more and build the church in every. You see, if you are a pastor, not let's not say if you are a pastor, if you are interested in souls, and in Nigeria, out of souls in Africa, one, two, three, four, is a Nigerian. One, two, three, four, Nigerian. One, two, three, four, Nigerian. How, how can it be that you are not interested in Nigeria? Or you don't understand my English question? Is it an English question or is it not an English question? Yes. Yes. Unless it's something else we are after. Yeah. So, let us have this mind that we are following Jesus Christ. Amen. And that it is the reason for prosperity. Number six. A thousand micro churches is the way to seek the Lord first. Yeah, I'll show you. You see, many people say, oh, seek, I'm seeking the Lord. Uh, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. But what does it actually mean to seek the Lord? Look at First Chronicles chapter 22 and let's read from verse 18. The way to seek the Lord is what I want to show you. First Chronicles chapter 22 and verse 18. Now Solomon was being spoken to by his father David. And he said, and we are going to read verse 18 and 19. He said, it's, it's not the Lord with you. And has he not given you rest on every side? No, has God not blessed you? For he has given thee the inhabitants of the land into thine hand. And their hand is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Verse 19, beautiful. Now, are you ready to underline? Are you ready? Now, set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Do you see? How? How? That's, you see, semicolon. Arise therefore and build. Arise you therefore and build the sanctuary of the Lord God. To bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And the holy vessels into the house that the Lord, that is to be built by the name of the Lord. Set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord. Set your heart to seek God. Brothers and sisters, all over the world, I'm telling you, set your heart to seek the Lord. Put your mind on seeking the Lord. How? He said, then arise. Underline it. Arise therefore, because you are seeking the Lord. Arise therefore and build ye the sanctuary of the Lord. One thousand.
1,000 people who are seeking the Lord with 1,000 efforts to build 1,000 micro churches. And a basenta is like a micro church. A quasenta is a micro church. A basenta and a ubasenta, every type of center is a, is a, is a, is a, is a micro church. Yes. I recently met with my crusade directors and I told them, I'm not going to allow you to be a crusade director without being involved in a church. No, I don't want any such person in my life. I sent, I, I sent everybody into church work. Say, so yes, we are doing crusades, but everybody is into church. A thousand micro, everybody must be, all of us, even my Greater Love Club, the kind of outreach that they've done this month, the children are trembling. They've, they've realized that there's a seniority in, in things. There's a seniority in things. Yes. A type of souls that they've won this month alone. It's, 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 it's serious. Yes. The children are trembling. <laughs> yes. Let's look at that beautiful verse again. I'm showing you how many, how many want to know how to seek the Lord. He said, seek the kingdom of God. Look at this verse. It says, now set your heart and soul to seek the Lord. How will you seek the Lord? Arise therefore and build ye the sanctuary of the Lord your God. That's all. Just get up and start building, 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 soul winning, shepherding, visiting, calling people, telepastoring, getting involved, follow up, follow up, shepherding, shepherding, moving out, soul winning, crusade, breakfast meeting. Ah! Physical buildings, everything. A thousand micro churches. Hallelujah. Number seven. Are you there? You must build a thousand micro churches because it is your way to build a magnificent church for the Lord. A magnificent church. How do you build a magnificent church? A magnificent church is like, it's like a beautiful church. A really wonderful church. Huh? I really want, how many want a wonderful church? You know, I'm so happy if I go to London, I'll have a church. If I go to Germany, I can go to church. If I go to KJV, I have a church. If I go to uh, Tamale, I have options. On Sunday. You know, now I've decided that when I go for crusade, I'll, I'll preach in my, I'll find about church, I'll go and preach in all the small, small churches. Shabalabasandolababah. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. A thousand micro churches. First Chronicles. I want to show you a magnificent church. Now, Verse 3, First Chronicles 22, verse 3. And David prepared in abundance the nails for the doors. Verse 4, also cedar trees in abundance. Now verse 5. And David said, 
Hey, Solomon, Solomon, my son, is young and tender. And the house that is to be builded, eh? the church, you know, that we are going to build, you know, eh? for the Lord, eh? must be what? Exceeding magnificent. Exceeding magnificent. Hey! Of fame and of glory throughout all countries. All countries must enjoy this exceeding magnificent church of fame and glory throughout all countries. 190 nations and more. Ah! I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Yes, this is the way to build a very magnificent church. Yes, it must be exceeding magnificent of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I can see my pastor here from Barcelona. You see some of stand up Barcelona bishop here. You see, you see some of you you only know Barcelona as a football team, but that's a pastor from Barcelona. The Barcelona a bishop. Yeah. Practical. And I see another pastor from Panama City in, in South America. Look at him. Wave, wave, wave. Yeah, wave. Yeah. You see, the church that is to be built must be what? Exceeding magnificent of fame and glory throughout all countries. Ah, clap for Jesus. <laughs> ah, this is too fantastic. Yeah. Exceeding magnificent hmm? of fame and glory. I see my pastor here is just about to leave to Mauritius. Isn't it? Yes. As a, as a lay pastor without salary and any of those other payments and whatever. He's very excited. <laughs> He's a volunteer. He's excited. <laughs> and Benin. Aha, where is he? Kotonu. Look at him. From Kotonu, Benin. Beautiful. He's so excited to be here. I sent him to different countries. Which other countries have you? Central Africa. Bangui. Yeah, Bangui. And where again? Cameroon. And then Benin. Are you happy to be there? Super happy. He's a bishop. My bishops are young men. They are yet to grow old. Yes. The church that is to be built is what? Exceeding magnificent of fame and glory throughout all countries. Clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. And you see, without a thousand micro churches, do you get it? How will it have this characteristic? It can't have this characteristic. Exceeding magnificent. Now, I couldn't even understand the brothel, so I, that's why I said magnificent. You get what I'm saying? But the Bible words is exceeding magnificent of fame and glory throughout all countries. Beautiful. 
Tell your neighbor, Charlie, me, I'm part of the magnificent, exceeding, magnificent, something, something, something. Tell your neighbor, I'm part of the exceeding, something, 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 magnificent. Hallelujah. How many are involved with 1,000 micro churches? Oh, yes. Yes. Now, you know, our pastors in Bangladesh, in Dhaka, the city is called Dhaka. You know, they were there before. And they came to Ghana, and then they've gone back. And they were telling me about our Bangladeshi members. You know, since they left, the members are in touch with them. Oh, yeah. It's like the church is exceeding magnificent. Yes. Not India or Bangladesh. You, you only know India, but I'm talking of Bangladesh. Beautiful. The other day, I put on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. You, you listen to the story before you start shouting. <laughs> Do you want to hear my story? Ah. I put on Netflix. And I, I put it on and I saw a lot of films. Then, I suddenly saw an Indian film. Like the people in the film were all Indians. And they were all speaking Indian language, not English. So I don't know why I decided to press play. So I play. Let's see what is in India. When the film started, they entered into a coffee shop. Yeah, and some people were eating there. That was how the film started. And then I saw the address of the place. You see, the, the place was a shop in a city called Pune. So I said, ah, Pune, that is where our church is. We have a church at this, at this place in the Netflix. The, the Netflix is showing our church. The Netflix is showing our church. Clap for Jesus. It is an exceeding magnificent church of fame and glory throughout all countries. What? That's what I said. What is our church? Netflix. Pune. The town is called, the city is called Pune. Uh, Bishop Isaac was what? <laughs> yeah, he served in that church, in Pune. Yeah. I mean, I was so sorry because India has one point something billion people. So when I look, I say, ah, that is our church. It's a Pune. Pune something. Pune uh, coffee bar or something. And Apostle Peter, he's the one who went to start the church there. Exceeding magnificent to you. Yeah. It's an address. Yeah. Faustina was also in Pune. Were you in Pune? Yeah, you see, our church is even on Netflix. Clap for Jesus. Amazing. Oh, they were all volunteers. Were you being paid? Were you being paid? Were payments being made for you? Share. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now, turn to Titus chapter 2. 
Tell your neighbor, exceeding magnificent something, 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 I'm in it. This is the last reason for a thousand micro churches. The next reason I will give you at flow prayer meeting. (laughs) But this is the last one. It says, verse 11, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. Charlie, are you glad you are saved? How many realized that you were more like an animal before you were saved? How many were animalistic? Animalistic, 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 animalistical. Hey. Now, what is the grace of God doing? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly. Huh? Soberly. Uh righteously and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our savior Jesus Christ how many are looking forward to the great glory wow you know some of you are going to be wearing crowns I tell you you and Queen Elizabeth will be moving together in glory well, I hear the queen is a believer. Yeah. So I'm even though your queenship hasn't come on earth and your kingship hasn't manifested, you get it? You'll be shocked at the crown you'll be wearing. You'll be walking around like this. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You'll be royalty. How many know that we are going to have a royal family in heaven? Would you like to be part of the royal family? Hmm. Beautiful. Now, verse 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Amen. Now, One thousand micro churches, amen, is uh, your way, hallelujah, of being zealous of good works. Yes, a peculiar, look, unusual people, zealous of good works, zealous of good works, amen. Zealous means one burning with zeal. Amen. Another meaning is most eagerly desirous. Most eagerly desirous. You see, when you are part of a thousand micro churches, it shows you are most eagerly desirous of God's work and of God. Today, a, a, a doctor came to see me. You know, before church. And he told me that, look, I was in various 
I was in an, I was in a church and so on. He said, but you taught me. He said, I know about God, but you taught me to love God. I mean, he gave a long speech. He said that to know God and to love God. He said, I learned it from you. That God is somebody who can be loved. He said, that's what I've learned from you. And I came to honor you because I've learned that God can be known. You can love God. You can serve God. He said, I learned it from you. A medical doctor. Yeah. He said, I've come to honor you. Yeah. I learned that from you, that God can be loved. You can love God. I was touched by his speech. Yeah. I've learned from you that God can be loved. You can love God. That's what I learned from you. To be most eagerly desirous of God. Then, are you listening? How many want to be zealous? Yes, zealous. The next one is to defend and uphold a thing vehemently. You see, you are defending the church vehemently. Yes. To defend the thing. See, a zealous person is strong to, to, to defend the church. To be very strongly desirous of God. Strongly defending something. It shows your zeal. That's why when Jesus got up and whipped the uh, people in the temple. said, clear from here. Imposters. Liars, thieves, move from the house of God. He lashed them. I'm surprised that they, they don't allow lashing in school. Jesus himself was lashing. He lashed them and drove them out of the church. And then the Bible says they remembered the saying that the zeal of my father has consumed me. The zeal of God. To be strongly defensive of what you are and what you have of God's house. To fight for something with all your strength. And a thousand micro churches will fighting for a church everywhere. Look. Many towns I've been to. I thank God today that you know, we built churches. One of the furthest towns I ever went to is a town called Zwedru. Not Zwedru. Zwedru in Liberia. Yeah. When I met Mrs. Taylor, Charles Taylor's wife, she said, when I heard you were going to Zwedru, I said, why? What are, you, what are you going to do there? All these places. That's the hometown of um, Sergeant Do. Most vehemently defending the church that the church must also be here. Today we are building a cathedral and offices. They are now constructing the offices in that Zwedru. Yes. Uh, Sakumon, what is it called? Mornings, uh, what is the church? Cut the anointing center. Yeah, they have those missionaries there. All those guys. Yeah. And they are, they are laymen. They work as teachers in Liberia. They work as teachers. They are not made payments. As most of our pastors are. Most of our pastors. Vehemently defending the church in Zwedru. That 
there must be one here too. Why should it be scrapped off the map? Why? What is wrong with the people here? Why should they be exempted from the power and the grace of God? The seal of my father's house has possessed me. Listen, from today, I charge you, prosper and build the house. The two of them, they go together. Prosper and do basentes. Prosper and do outreaches. Prosper and build physical buildings. Prosper and finance the church. Prosper and be part of 1,000 micro churches. Listen, write it down. There is nothing like too many churches. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like too many churches. I went to uh, Singapore. Somebody told me, but I saw it with my eyes. A shop. Where they've written. The, ty- the name of the shop is not uh, something boutique or whatever. The shop is called, There is Nothing Like Too Many Shoes Limited. <laughs> to attract ladies. Yes. It's a long sentence. There is nothing like too many shoes limited. Come and see shoes with ladies. Everybody's trying on. You have a brown one, but you want a slightly browner brown. That's it. They were there, full up. It's not too much. I have some news to you for you. There is nothing like too many churches. Yes. This is a great blessing. So now your zeal is going to be shown. He said, the Bible says that God eh, gave himself that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify to himself a strange, peculiar people. Are you glad to be peculiar? And what is this peculiar? Zealous of good works. Zealous of good works. From today, you show your zeal by joining 1,000 micro churches. Yes. You, you show your zeal. And you see, you, you immediately change the battle from your psychological and mental problems to a problem in front of the gates of hell. You watch and see. Yeah. Everything will change for your life. You know, how can I, my personal issues, do you see, my mind is on the church and the issues with the church. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Uh, Today, yesterday, today, I'm having meetings about our churches in Kenya. You know, so many of the branches Nakuru, which is outside Nairobi, Machakos, Kabete, uh, uh, Tika, Central Business District, Mombasa. I mean, we are discussions and meetings. There are so many things to do. So many. And you see, we are trying to do with Uganda and the Uganda, the Entebbe Church and the Gulu Church and the ones in Kampala and the, one, the First Love and in Barara. And all these, there are so many, and trying to organize them. Oh, please. Zealous of good works. You stop counting money to buy corn beef. I said, you stop counting money to buy corn beef. 
you stop counting money to buy petrol. You stop counting money to buy school fees. Ah, the, the, the war will move to another place. Christ. Uh, school fees war is not on at all. You know a lot of people quarrel about school fees. Uh, school fees can bring a whole crisis to a family. Yeah. But soon, you will not even have even one discussion about school. That discussion will be something, check this, check this, check this, check this, because you've moved the thing to the enemy's gate. Everything is in front of his house. Exceeding magnificent. Are you excited about a thousand? So now, wherever you are, from that place is becoming one thousand. So my, my, my pastor, my bishop from Benin, I'm charging you with 1,000 micro churches in the country of Benin. Benin. 1,000 micro churches. Yes. You know something? If you are in a country, eh, anything less than 1,000 churches in your country is not acceptable. Ask your neighbor, you are, you are from where? Are you, are you a visitor or you are here? Tell your neighbor, we need 1,000, please. We need 1,000. Accra, first love. We need 1,000 in Accra. 1,000 churches in Accra. We are 760. Yeah. Yeah. Ask your neighbor, are you a visitor? I see, I see a pastor from Abuja here. Abuja, wave, 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 wave. Abuja, Abuja. Yeah. We need 1,000. Eh? Nigeria is big, okay? Can't be standing here with uh, one church. Any one church person, Charlie, said we've passed that stage a long time. One church there, Charlie. 1,000 on the map. How many want the 1,000 from Pedriasi Lodge? To where? Huh? A cropon after a cropon is which town? A ducrom. Yes, a ducrom. 1,000. Can it be possible? Never come and mention your church. Or, I mean, one church. Oh, we are two branches. Ha! We passed that stage. Long time. How many are going to be involved? You see, when you have 20 people, it's, you are doing well. When you have 10 people, you are also doing well. Yeah. You see, your whole problem is I'm looking for a husband. You see, the husbands will be looking for you. The whole thing has changed. The whole thing has changed. The whole thing has changed. You will be struggling to choose which of the options to, to, to choose. Hmm. Say 1,000 micro churches. 1,000 micro churches. Wow. And next week I'm going to show you how you can turn into a church. You do turn into a church. You know, you know Jacob, you know Jacob, I, I like Jacob, something I read about Jacob, that made me like him. I realized that he was a great footer. He said, look, I passed over this Jordan River. When we go to Israel, you see the Jordan River. I passed over this river with my walking stick. I was just holding a stick, a staff. But now that I'm coming back after 14 years, 
have become two huge companies of goat sheep, wives, children, and I have four wives, like two real, two real wives and four semi-demi wives. You get it? <laughs> and children, bebre, and then servants, and cows and goats, animals, I mean. And you see, I wonder, what, aren't you happy to meet a grateful person who can actually recognize that 14 years ago, I was passing on this place. I had nothing in my hand. And now I've come back with so many people are accompanying me. What a blessing. And I realized that that is why God chose Jacob. Because he, is, he was that type of person. There are some people who don't remember anything. It's as if they are having amnesia. Yeah. But Jacob, he said, hey God, you have done a lot for me. Tell your neighbor, God has done a lot for us. Now, I hope you remember today that I'm launching 1,000 micro churches. That maybe as you are standing, you are standing only with your Bible. Eh? But you are soon going to be standing with some companies, 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 companies all around you. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. Tell your neighbor, I'm impressed with your pastoral fruits. I'm, I'm impressed with your pastoral fruits. I can see our pastor from Niamey, Niger. She's right here. From Niger. She's a medical doctor. She works as a doctor and she does the church. Are we sending any payments to you or whatever? She's happy to be there. Ah. Amazing. Every standing. Every standing. One thousand micro churches 1,000 micro churches tell your neighbor I know you are a businessman but this one there you are involved in the 1,000 micro churches I know you are a businessman I know you are a businessman but you must you are involved Um, you are involved 100% Now, I want to see that verse before we close. Exceeding magnificent something, 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 something. Do you like that exceeding magnificent something, something? Are you happy that next time you are in Frankfurt, there will be a church? There is a church there in Frankfurt. Hamburg is there. Ah, this one, Hamburg. He started a church in Hamburg. Ah, he was a student, isn't it? A volunteer. Were you being paid anything about that? Fantastic. Aha, have you found the best? Look, Look at it. Underline. The man is not underlining. Solomon, my son, is young. Are you young? Are you young? Or you are old now? When you are old, these type of messages, you can't receive them. But even my greater love, since they came here, most of them have lost about 20 years of their age. 20 years. Most of them. They have become very young and flexible. 
So I'm now looking for beloveds for them, I tell you. Shaka If the children are not serious, you see the weddings will start at the greater love and you'll be shocked. The church must be what? Exceeding magnificent of fame and of glory throughout all countries. Give the Lord a shout and a clap. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Amen. Lift your hand and just thank God for one time. Everywhere you are based is turning into a thousand micro churches. Everywhere you are based is turning into a thousand micro churches. Father, we give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. We lift our hands and we thank you for the vision to build a thousand micro churches. To you be the glory. To you be the honor. To you, Lord, be the praise. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Thanks a million for the things that you have done. Thanks a million. We give you praise. Oh, Jesus, we give you thanks for a thousand micro churches. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. As every head is bowed, if you are here and you would like to give your life to Jesus, want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. Please help me to know God. Help me to know Jesus Christ. If you are here like that, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. If you are here, wherever you are, Pastor, pray with me. I want Jesus to change my life and save me. If you are here like that, wherever you are, lift your hand like that. I'm going to pray with you. Even if you are watching by television, lift your hand. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life, my heart to God today, this afternoon. And God is going to change you. God is going to use you. There's going to be a change in your life forever. Just as he has changed me and he's changed everyone who called on him. He's changing you with his power today. If you are here, pastor, pray with me. I want Jesus to come to my life today. If you are here like that, raise up your hand like this. God bless you. God bless you. God. If you've lifted your hand, keep your hand up high like that and come to the front. Come to me here in the front here. Come from the back. I'm going to pray with you right now. Come from upstairs. From upstairs. Just climb down. Climb down. Climb down. Come on. Come quickly. Come to God. I want to pray with you, my friends. Come to Jesus. Come on. From wherever you are. Come, my friend. From the back. My sister. Come to God. Come to Jesus. Come running to that mercy 
standing here. Go this way. Can you show them who is showing them the way? I'm going to give you one of my books but I want you to go this way. Put your hands together for them. The rest of us lift our hands like this. Thank God for a thousand micro churches. Thank God for salvation for many people. You are greatly blessed as you get involved this mighty, mighty work of the ministry. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for doing great things, great wonders, great blessings for a thousand micro churches in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <sighs> Hallelujah. Now, the Holy Spirit is present. I want you to take out a special gift for 1,000 Mark. Today, make a special donation for a thousand church in every way there are many ways physical spiritual every way we are building the church of god amen we are building the church of god a thousand micro churches and if you are watching on television let's all give graciously you know i don't want to right now as i speak we have 60 containers of steel. Is it correct? 60 containers at Tema Harbor. Or either on the sea or on the harbor. Is that a harbor? Yeah, it's on the way. Yeah. 60 containers. So, when you see the ship with plenty containers, 60 are only our own. Yes. Magnifical. And they are all full of cathedrals and offices. Yes. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And 20 more after. 
and another 10. So it's like it comes to uh, 40 more containers and then 20 more. So that's how much? 60, 120 containers. So we have almost filled the full ship. So I don't want to mention figures, amounts, millions, 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 but it's a big thing. And I need your little and your much. So today is a thousand micro churches launch. Yes. And I want you to join in a special gift towards a thousand micro churches. Everybody give to build. If, you, if God touches you to build a cathedral, just say I'm building it. Contact my secretary. She's very efficient. Your church will be built. You see the physical church being dedicated practically. It's not a hoax. Yes, you feel your name on it. You see, a church that does not exist today. Yes. Kamano satando ramandala mizobere ketes. Hamborola mide ketubola minde bereni molizende rekede. He dele dolo manandali dore de vendele devere levedele. Hambon dolo mandari copede de levedele. Hey, Dalamon, Baramanda, Raban, Dorabi, the Berendo, la Mazada, Reveri, the Beri. Nombre Stalada, Nombre Stalada. Take it out and let's. This is a church building project offering. All those watching, thousand micro churches. If you are in Switzerland, know that we are not accepting anything less than 1,000 churches in Switzerland only. If you are in America, remember that we are. Will you allow yourself to die without putting 1,000 churches in America? Will you allow yourself? You can't die. You can't die. I tell you. You are crossing 1,000 churches with ease. We stop saying crossing 70 with ease. We say we are crossing 1,000 churches with ease. That's all. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You are crossing 1,000 churches with ease. Yes. Because in Accra, we are almost a thousand churches in first love churches. Yes. Thousand micro churches all over the city. Yeah. It's fantastic. Oh, Homorades, 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 Homorades. Homorades, 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 La Rambalabas, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, thank you. Every hand lifted up with your offering. If you are watching by television, let God touch you. If you don't feel like giving, don't give. But if God's touching you, and by all means, God will speak to you always about the church and about giving, about money. If the Holy Spirit is in you, he'll always speak to you. Father, bless everyone who is giving mightily today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, my heavenly Father, for what you've done. Hmm. How many are excited to be part of this amazing move to build one 
thousand churches all over. When somebody asks you, so what is your goal? So, oh, thousand micro churches. It's quite simple. Yeah, thousand micro churches. Anywhere there's a what I want. So uh, Adenta, I see Bishop Ogo here. Uh, what is the name of your area? Oyibi. Yeah. So when somebody asks, what is your vision? Thousand micro churches. I mean, it's very simple. With ease. Thousand churches with ease. Yes. Yes. Tell your neighbor, did you ever imagine somebody like you could preach? I mean, like with your background. Tell the person, with, with your type of background. Hey. <laughs> wow. Don't mind the devil. Get up and preach. Look, let me tell you, there's something I'm going to tell you during the communion. Yeah, I'll tell you why your background is included in those going to preach. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Ashes, we are waiting for you. Hmm. Beautiful. All right, we are going to move into our Holy Communion. And everywhere, all over the world, wherever you are, you are watching, take your Holy Communion bread and uh, your Holy Communion wine. I'm going to read a scripture. And I want everybody to pay attention to this scripture. Amen. Verse 32 says, Whosoever speaketh a word, against the son of man it shall be forgiven him amen now whoever speaks a word against even Jesus Christ it shall be forgiven so it means that anybody who speaks even against me it shall be forgiven him but whoso speaketh against the Holy Ghost it shall not be forgiven him neither in this world neither in the world to come. Amen. Now, I have some good news for you. There is only one of your sins that cannot be forgiven. Huh? Is it good news for you? Like there is only one sin that cannot be forgiven. That is a sin against the Holy Ghost. So, I don't care what you've done before. Eh? It can be forgiven. Wow. Oh, you don't seem happy. Okay. Take your bread and then take your wine and then let's go. We've closed. I think you are tired. Yeah. It's okay. Forget about forgiveness of whatever and so on. You can keep your sins and so on. You're entitled to them. No, it's okay. You can have your sins. I'm saying that there is only one sin that cannot be forgiven. How many have done sins that you think is unforgivable? Yeah. And I'm telling you, there's only one thing that it says that will not be forgiven. The rest can be be forgiven. And what's the condition for forgiveness? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. So that's it. 
So if God has blessed you to confess your sins, eh, once it's not a sin unto death or blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, then you can be forgiven. Amen. Are you excited about that? So if you have committed uh, the sin that I don't want to mention, eh, tell your neighbor that one, you know the one that is, it is not being mentioned. That sin. I want you to know it can be forgiven. Are you ready for your holy communion? Lift up your breath, standing, every standing. Hey, can we all stand up? Father, thank you as we receive the bread. Let healing come into our lives and our bodies. We thank you, Father, for your mighty power that is ministered to us in the name of Jesus Christ the body of Jesus Christ. ever committed Father forgive us for our mistakes our sins and whatever we have done that has offended in any way we pray for your mercy we pray for forgiveness we pray for cleansing Lord, your word says only a sin against the Holy Spirit cannot be forgiven. Forgive me, forgive us for our sins. Thank you for your mercy. The blood of Jesus that cleanses us. Now everybody confess your sin for a moment. Confess your sin. Confess your sin before God. Confess your sin. Father, we confess our sins before you. In the name of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. Washing away every sin. Receive the blood. lift your hands for your blessing Father which art in heaven thank you for today's holy communion may the grace of God come upon all that are partaking of a thousand micro churches may you be blessed with prosperity so that you can build a house of God from today till your last day on this earth you always be involved in building the house of God. May prosperity come to you easily. And may a thousand micro churches, a church that is exceedingly magnificent of fame and glory throughout all countries, may, may you be part of it. And may as you participate, may he himself give you life and peace and quietness 
all around. That you'll be part of a great thing that the Lord is doing. May you never fall away. May you never become Absalom. May you never become a Lucifer. May you never repay good with evil. May you never be counted as one of the rebels. May you never fall prey to offense and to wickedness. The Lord bless you. The Lord help you. The Lord help you as you help his church. The Lord send someone with zeal to fight your issues for you. As you with zeal fight to defend the house of God. May God build many houses for you and give you many cars on many occasions with ease. As a thousand micro churches comes to pass, may thousands of other blessings follow you and your family and your children all the days of your life. The Lord remember you and the Lord be gracious to you. The Lord forgive you and may he never take away his mercy from your life. In the name of he who died on the cross and rose up triumphantly after three days, may his blessing be upon you. The Lord be merciful and the Lord give you grace. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. I bless all my children. Let my children, I and my children, prosper and be blessed in Jesus' name. And everyone shouted, Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.